We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DGD podcast, the Georgia Bulldogs podcast for all of those damn good dogs out there. Robert Reynolds here and Kobe Pierce one will be with us shortly. It is time to preview the South Carolina Gamecocks. Man, oh man. Kobe, first off, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing good? I'm doing good. Pretty good, man. Doing good. Um, yeah, listen, we, we saw two weeks of uh, Georgia football, and now we move into the conference slate, right? Um, I think w- what a better fitting way to enter conference play than with South Carolina. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar, obviously Saturday noon kickoff, if you're watching on TV, ESPN, uh, in Columbia. And, and you know what, though? Pred- you know, Looking at the weather, the forecast has it where it's not going to be super scorching like we would think. Right, it, it's looking like you're gonna avoid some of that Columbia, just like skin melting heat this weekend. I think that's a big deal. I, I think it will, right? Because you know, listen, we'll talk more about the the actual in depth preview, but nonetheless, you know, I'm looking at it in the sense that you know, it, it's not going to be as hot, right? Which, listen, typically Columbia is the hottest place on earth. Let's be honest, and you've been there, so you know. Um, with that being said, though, you look at you look at a little bit cooler than expected, right? So you might not have to worry about the cramping as much, you, you would think. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I look at it like, uh, you know, and it's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But you look at the, the mixture, the perfect mixture for an upset like Texas had last week. Noon kickoff, it's hot, and, and you're kind of – almost overlooking someone and at the end of the day it's not going to be hot which is a big distraction you're going to miss out on still a noon kickoff and then kirby's not overlooking anybody he's going to want to go put 50 on south carolina if he can yeah we take a look at right obviously coming off of sanford game right 33 nothing shutout and honestly it was a sloppy sloppy game really um could have been better i should say Right. Um, so to me, I look at it as pre, you know, pre, you know, thinking about thinking ahead, I guess. 
I think you're going to see a fired-up Georgia squad this Saturday, and that is not what you want to see if you're in South Carolina, period. Uh, no, you, you, you definitely – you know, there was definitely some sloppiness last week. Um, at the end of the day, you kind of got in, got out, beat, beat the man that gave Kirby his first coaching job, you know, did it handedly, lost AD to an ankle sprain, but other than that, got in and out healthy. And at the end of the day, that's all – those games are for. I mean, we played like 79 different players. Like, it gives the young guys a chance, you know, and and you said it to me earlier this week. Is it fair to a fan who paid $75 to $100 for a ticket to watch a game like that? I mean, it's debatable. Is it necessary for your program to continue to grow and excel and, you know, be, be better at the end of the season? Of course, because it just gives backups, third-string guys – a chance to kind of play and shine. Yeah, I sit there and think about it, right? Like, I think you still see a lot of rotation even this week, right? And this will kind of easily ease us into our prediction here, right? I think you're going to still see more rotation along the see Michael be as productive as he has, uh, as he's been in those first couple games. Uh, obviously, true freshman got his first start against Oregon, literally started the first snap. So, you know, the coaches value him tremendously for that matter. Right. So far, he seems to be like a plug and play guy. Right. You look at his ability to rush the pat, uh, the quarterback, but also his ability to understand and identify things to point where you can plug him in. And you you don't necessarily have to worry about it so far, at least that he's going to miss an assignment or two. Right. Like, um, you know, and as he gets he'll get better in time. Right. Let's just be honest there. But you look at, you know, in my opinion, I think you look at guys like uh, Nazir Stackhouse has been a pleasant surprise. Right. We we've wondered what it was going to be like. These guys stepping up. Are they going to be able to do it? Who's going to do that? And, and it seems like they're really, you know, while the numbers, you know, statistically aren't the greatest. Right. In regards to sacks. Right. You also have to count, you know, you counter that with what we've seen game plan wise from, you know, the two offenses that we played. Listen. The way I look at it is this. It's been a situation where there's so many short passes and the quarterbacks are getting out of the ball, the ball out of their hands fast, extremely fast. Of course, your numbers from a stat, uh, sack statistic standpoint isn't going to be that pretty. It just won't. But what you're seeing is you're still seeing guys creating havoc, right? You've got fast linebackers and safeties, for that matter, plugging gaps. right? And that's important, right? But I think the key here for, for Sunday – or Saturday, excuse me. <laughs> Saturday's game is going to be interesting because you take a South Carolina team and their main deficiency is the offensive line, in my opinion, right? They've got Spencer Rattler, Stogner. They've got Van, Dak Joyner, all these guys on the offensive side of the ball. But their offensive line is the one in question. And, and to me, in the SEC, that is not anywhere. That is the worst place to have a deficiency. Uh, you know, What are your thoughts on that? I, I think it could get ugly quick. Um if, if that deficiency is exposed. What are your thoughts? So back to what you're saying, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a Georgia fan or if you're someone, a rival fan base, somebody in the national media, and you look and say, oh, through two games, Georgia only has one sack. Like, because everybody's a, a statistics warrior. It's like you also should look up the, the average pass that Bo Nix threw. The Oregon game was like 3.8 yards per attempt. Like, He's getting the ball fast on short routes. 
I'm not sure um, where the guy Samford stood in that, but you know, you watch those games, you can tell that they're trying to nullify our defensive line because they know their offensive line can't handle it by throwing these short predetermined routes. And don't be surprised if you see South Carolina do the same. If you if you are honest with yourself as a head coach and you line up and you go, okay, we have a bad offensive line, they have a really good defensive line and defensive ends, how can we not beat ourselves? It's like, okay, well, we don't need to be trying to spend three and a half, four seconds in the pocket letting things develop downfield. We need to – you know, run a lot of play action. We need to try to run the ball, run a lot of play action, and try to run really short, intermediate routes, whether it's in, like, wide receiver screen game or, like, swing passes or anything like that, and try to catch us out of position. Because I agree. You line up one-on-one, our D-line versus their O-line, it could be a long day to be Spencer Rattler. Absolutely. As as I go through the chat here, I'm having to – I'm having some technical difficulties here, but we'll still be able to read the chat here. Um, so we've got Rouge, Joel Sanders, the 63-3 DGD. Listen, loving good fried chicken. Um, you know, I'm just saying chicken and biscuits, Beamer biscuits. I'm hearing it uh, in the chat here. Uh, Landon Stratton says, would love to see South Carolina only play Sandstorm for the opening kickoff dogs by 90. I love that energy. My goodness, I love that energy. Um, you know, even Joel bringing out the big fluffy biscuits, man. Listen, it's bow time, uh, but it won't be Saturday. Uh, it, it, it's going to be game over quick, in my opinion. Um, Rudes also says Rattler going to be turned into Rattler Chow Chow after that D line lands home, yeah, which kind of brings me into my point, right? Um, what are so? So what will Georgia have to do? Right to to win this game um, Saturday, uh, Kobe. I'm gonna let you start off first. What, what are some keys to victory here for uh, for Georgia to win this game Saturday? I want to start out a little shout out Landon Stratton. He played football here at Georgia too. Um, he knows how it goes with the with the noise being pumped in at practice all week. You know, Kirby's blasting sandstorm at those fellas in the indoor, and and it's not a fun. I mean. You know, I feel for South Carolina fans because Sandstorm's just not that great, um, you know. And then they have the rooster that, that crows after they score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, I'm going to have to mute Saturday because that, that rooster is the most obnoxious thing I've ever heard. Like, people can talk about the cowbells at Mississippi State. I genuinely believe that, that crow has got to be the most annoying damn thing in college football. For sure. I, I would rather listen to the cowbells than – um, the crow than the rooster, but we get to listen to both of them this year. We're at South Carolina and at Mississippi State later, so that'll you know what? Stay I'll tuned for a later show to talk about the cowbells. <laughs> More cowbell, <clears throat> you know. That's that's another side, though. You know, yeah. I'm looking at it this way. I would rather have someone take a nail, stick it in my ear, and just bang the hell out of it in my eardrum than have to hear that damn crow for four quarters. Just leaving that there. Just but nice. Saying. The nice thing is, is they only do it when they score. So odds are, I would say, the maximum amount of times you'll have to hear the crow or the rooster will be maybe once. Um, we'll, talk, but, now we'll save that for later yeah. in the show for sure. But um, I do think that to answer your question more uh, directly, I still think, and this is going to sound Kirby smartish, it's not what – 
we do to win the game. The only way we don't win the game is doing things to lose the game. We could we could go out and we could run power left and power right and short pass left and short pass right, and we beat them by thirty five. Yeah, you're not just, wrong. Just at the end of the day, it is not going to have to be complex. It's not going to have to be anything. Oh, you just line complex. up, line up, and beat them every time. <laughs> so we got Landon here says he'd rather take a baseball bat to the shins every change of possession than hear that stupid rooster and sandstorm. Dude, I, you know what? I could not agree more. I Listen, you could do anything to me. Torture me. I don't care. <clears throat> that rooster was probably what the worst punishment ever would be. Like, it's just beyond obnoxious. Like, I don't really, I just don't, there's no words to explain it. Like, I, I don't understand how anybody can go in there and, and think that it's okay to hear a rooster crow for four quarters and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Gamecock fan. Like, I, I just, Listen, the power to those people is all I'm going to say. Just leaving that there. <clears throat> um, listen, my keys to the game is this. Show up. <laughs> get down to Columbia. Show up. Like, get off the bus. Listen, offensive line probably going to piss them, piss down their leg the whole game. It don't matter who you put at D-line. <clears throat> it just don't. I think what – I think the key here is literally just line up, like you said, execute, right? Play the Play to your game, right? Play your game. Georgia's defense, we, we've solved their two games. And they're up to the challenges, repeating kind of similar to what we saw last year, right? We've seen that. Just raise hell for four quarters, right? Give them hell, right? Make it make it unbearable. Make them, you know, break their will, right? It's just the way it's got to be. Yeah. But I think even the D-line, I think the linebackers have to play a key role here, though, if we're trying to be more serious. You look at guys like Nolan Smith coming off the edge. He's got to have a big game. He's got to have a big game. Him and Robert Bill have to have huge games here, keeping Spencer Rattler inside the pocket, containing him, because he does have the ability to, you know, to extend plays with his legs, and that opens up pass plays down the field. If you're able to just keep him in the pocket, Zion Logue, Nazir Stackhouse will eat, is all I'm going to say. Or if you want to get Smile Mondin or Pop Johnson, listen, Pop Johnson – I don't know if you I don't know if you saw this guys, but Pop Johnson laid a damn hit on that Sanford quarterback. The the I love these disguised blitzes, right? Love it. Um, I, I think you have to have those guys playing a big game. I I love our secondary so far. I know they have weapons. I'm not discrediting that, but I think it starts up front. That's your key to victory there. But offensively, I think you see our run game just just go. Arkansas ran the ball. Arkansas, 295 yards. It's that simple. Yards into each game, right? 368 the first. And now this is just Stetson here. Stetson's passed for over 300. He threw for 300 against Sanford, 368 against Oregon. I'm just letting you know now, it's going to be a long day if we can balance our offense out. It's going to be a very, very long day. And, and I agree. I mean, I think we will – I hate to say attempt to establish a run game, but, I mean, we'll run the ball, 
But at the pace Stetson's thrown at, do not be surprised if you look up and he threw for 300 yards again. Like, I think it is something that Munkin and even Kirby have bought into that we may not be the prettiest offense in the world, but we're definitely moving towards a modernization of our offense. You know, if we – we could easily throw the ball for 300 yards and run it for 200 yards on Saturday. I mean, that that sounds bad, but – it, it I, I, think you, I think you have to make a statement. I have. I think you have to make a statement, and I think this is the way to do it. And Kirby, you know, Todd Munkin's all about exploiting mismatches. He would say, "I'm not saying that they like, their run defense is a problem." So, you know, in my opinion, I, I think we'll kind of translate this over here. Players of the game, right? Players of the game. Kendall Milton will be your player of the game. I think Kendall Milton will have be your player of the game and he will have a field day in my opinion, because not saying that they're not physical, but I think he's just more physical. Give me, give me Brock Bowers, two touchdowns player of the game for the offense. Two touchdowns, Brock Bowers. Okay. That's offensive, right? He's, he's been, he, he's done his job. He's done what he's been asked, you know, missed a high throw, Last weekend for a touchdown, it's time to get the best tight end in all of college football. A little bit of a little bit of end zone love. So I see him. I see him catching one in the red zone. Then I see him breaking one, maybe forty yards for a second score. So it's going to be interesting, right? Like, because they're like you have to understand too that South Carolina is missing a few key players here. And that will pose some problems because uh, Mokaba, I think Cam Smith is questionable. Yeah. That's their best cornerback. Well, yeah, their best linebacker, their best defensive lineman, and then are both out. And then their best cornerback is like questionable to doubtful. I mean, yeah, that that's not a good problem to have by any means. Um, obviously, you, you you can't predict these injuries, right? You just can't. Um, however. You, you look at, right, you just got to play through it. Uh, but it's not going to be, a, like I said, with those injuries, those were some key pieces I think Georgia had to really focus on, and now you don't have to worry about it, right? Still think you have to focus on the team and understand that, right, that, you know, listen, 2019 happened. 2019 happened. So the complacency. Same, same spread, same everything. Yeah. So you have to be extremely careful here. You just do, Right. You have to be careful because and I think looking after the Sanford game, there's no question to me that I, I just know Kirby has preached over and over and gotten this into their heads so much about complacency. I, I feel like that's got to be one of the talking points this whole week leading up to it, because let's be honest, if, if you know, for those that watch the game, it was it was it was sloppy. And it makes sense that there could be some complacency, right? Going through the motions. You can't do that and expect to win a title, right? Look at what happened last year. We won a title, but there was no there was no doubt, no slip up, no mental lapses, it seemed like, right? And it's crazy to say this, but even when Georgia plays a C game, if you will, you still dominate a team by 33 and pitch a shutout. That's scary, but now we need to refocus and stay focused. And if you do that, starting off with South Carolina, it's going to be an extremely, extremely long day. There's no question about that. 
the big thing too is is you know Samford's just a weird game it, in a, in a lot of sense. We didn't look the best, but we've looked not the best in other small tier games in the past. And not saying we look the best. I mean, put up thirty three, didn't give up a touchdown. Yeah, it's a high standard we're holding ourselves to these days. I mean, um, but I, I agree. I think I think you see us roll into South Carolina. I think you maybe not try to make a huge statement, but you just still show that that it's you and it's everybody else in the East. Like Beamer Ball, I have a lot of faith in Coach Beamer. Knew him here at Georgia, was under him for two years. Great guy. Think he's going to recruit well. You know, to what level will South Carolina ever get back to, you know, a 10-win club? I don't know. But he's doing things the right way over there. He's energizing the guys that are playing for him the right way. At the end of the day, he's just still a year or two away from being good across the entire board, like right now. Basically, his whole offensive line is a liability. You're not winning a lot of SEC games with a liability at offensive line. Yeah, that's that's a big, big problem there. Um, very big problem, period. There's no way to get around that. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, let's see. Do you want to go through some bold predictions, sir? I would love to. Oh, Juan's running mm-hmm. late on us. I think we're having some technical difficulties on this platform, man, that we're, we're streaming through. Uh, apparently, he's in the lobby, but I have yet to see him pop up, and it makes no sense to me. Um, so we'll figure this out uh, nonetheless. I think what we'll do, what we're going to do, Kobe, we're going to pull an audible here. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. And then from there, I think we're going to talk our picks. What do you think? Okay. Sounds good. Let's take a a quick break. Okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the DG Podcast. As always, Juan, pleasure to have you on the show, my man. How is, yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm in the parking parking lot of Alumni Hall right now. So, Ooh. hey, guys, if you are uh, in, in the area, go by and get you some uh, some great Georgia football gear um, or, or or any sport for that matter. But, uh, yeah, in the parking lot of Alumni Hall. I'm telling you right now, obviously, this is a great time to plug <clears throat> the sponsor here. They just announced 
that today they have the new uh, Air Pegasus, the Georgia t- shoes. And that is an excellent time to do it. It's, it's only in store, by the way. Um, All right. Keep that in mind. Yeah. That's from what I, for Alumni Hall, I was seeing. So, you know, looking at that right there, though, um, you know, I'm looking at it in a situation where, right, listen, those things are nice. Uh, those things are nice. So check them out, alumnihall.com, or go in store like Juan probably just did. Uh, and gets you some nice licensed Georgia apparel. Um, let's, Juan, I'm going to let you recap here. Uh, let you preview the South Carolina game Saturday. Um, yeah, just what you, <clears throat> what do you expect will happen? And I guess maybe I want to get your opinion here. Maybe Kobe can add something too. From a player's perspective, what is it like playing at Willie B? Well, first off, what I expect is I expect a, a challenge for our secondary. Uh, South Carolina has some really, really good receivers. Spencer Rattler is a, a great quarterback. I do expect a challenge, but again, we're going to step up to the challenge. I believe that we're going to shut them down. Uh, playing in Columbia, it, it's a tough place to play. Kobe will tell you. You know, they come out there with that 2001 Space Odyssey and the the atmosphere is electric and it doesn't matter what their record is. They come out there, they come out there, they scream and yell and they're, they're ready to play. However, I just think it'll be, um, you know, one of those things that where, again, initially, you know, just to make sure that we just get that adjustment, um, you know, the crowd is going to be a factor. And then all of a sudden, Georgia, here we go. You're either a lead or you're not. The crowd's a factor until you're up 14 to nothing. And then yep. <laughs> all of a sudden is is completely different. But I agree. It they it'll be a full it'll be a packed house at noon. Ready. One what your your first touchdown pass or touchdown reception came against South Carolina. So that's Yes, a, it was. And it was a very here. close game too. It was uh we ended up winning twenty-four to twenty-one. We had Eric Zyre. We had Terrell Davis. We had Heinz Ward. We had Robert Edwards. We had a star-studded group, um, and and so we were able to to pull that out. But yeah, that was my my first touchdown on a on a curl route, and it was everything was fun and, and great until you know they jumped on me and I got my face mashed into the bushes uh, with those with those prickly things going all in my face. So, uh, uh, but it was worth it. <laughs> it was definitely worth it. There you go. Guys, uh, actually, let's do this. Juan, do you have a – before we start into our picks, which I think everybody's excited for this, do you have a player of the game or a bold prediction or both? Um, as far as a, a player of the game, I'm going to look at uh, Brock Bowers. I, I think he's been just kind of – he's just, been, you know, been just kind of held a little bit too long, so it's going to be his time to come out and it's going to be his time to shine. And uh, as, 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 as far as a bold prediction – I really think that we are going to beat the brakes off of them. So if, if, if you're a betting person, I would just go ahead and take Georgia and the points hands down. I mean, that's, that's my bold prediction. All right, let's do this. Let's jump into the DGD podcast week three slate of picks. Let's are, is everybody ready for this? I think so. <clears throat> first things first. Let's bring up the standings through two weeks, right? The brigade went six and four in week two, standing at 15 and five throughout through two weeks, 75% hit rate on the picks. Kobe six and four last week as well, 12 and eight overall with 60% hit rate. Juan went seven and three, led last week, 
uh, <clears throat> evened out with the brigade at 15 and five with another 75%. And basically I just mimicked Kobe, went six of four, 12 and eight, 60%. First game we're gonna break down first though is Michigan State traveling to Washington. Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting situation to be honest with you. Um, guys, who do you got? I'll let you go first, Kobe. All right. Um, I, I went to Michigan State here. Uh, Mel Tucker signed a big, big uh, contract extension this offseason. A lot of money. You know, a lot of pressure on him. But these are the games that that he has to win in order to um, to to sh- prove that he's worth all that money they're paying him up there. I mean, you know, I, I don't think Washington has the best team um, like they have in the past, but. At the end of the day, you got to win on the road. It, it, it'll be a hostile environment for them, but you got to pull it out. Juan, let's say you, sir. Yeah, uh, you know, Washington, uh, they've improved from last year. They've got a better quarterback. It is a hostile environment. If anybody's ever gone to UW and, and you know, their, their stadium's right there on the water, those the crowd, they come out, it's electric. And so when I'm looking at this game, Michigan State with Mel Tucker, they have a lot to prove. Michigan State goes in and completely blows out. Uh, Washington. I mean, it's just an absolute just, it's just destruction. Uh, Listen, uh, we're going to do this right here. The brigade has 67% favoring Michigan State, and so will I. I've been a fan of Mel Tucker since he took the Michigan State job. Listen, this is going to be tough, right? Obviously, BetUS has them, uh, has Washington as a two-point favorite here. I just, I just think that Michigan State will pull this off. Now, our so also keep in mind our picks are not, uh, they're not indicative of the spread. So we're doing a straight pick them here. Um, I think, like I said, Michigan State covers here. I was outright right. That's just that's just my thought there. Um, next game, guys, Fresno State traveling to Southern Cal. Um, I think it's going to be quite interesting there. Kobe, who do you have winning that game? You know, I thought about this a lot, actually, which may surprise people, but Fresno State's quarterback um, used to be at UW, if I remember right, and he is a gunslinger. But at the end of the day, I mean, everybody watched USC and the offense they have, and I just think that there aren't that many teams out west that are going to be able to stop them. I mean, I think South Carolina – or South Carolina (laughs) – I think um, USC, Southern California, I think they win big. Juan, let's say you, sir. It's, it's, it's going to be a good game. I actually saw USC play in person. Offensively, they are outstanding. They got Jordan Addison, who was the Belentnikov winner last year. They got Caleb Williams, Mario Williams. They got a great slew of running backs, three great running backs. But then again, you got Fresno State, who – they're, they're playing some good football right now. They've got a chip on their shoulder. So I think this will be, you know, a, a pretty good game. USC absolutely blows out Fresno State. I mean, just just crushes. Well, let's be honest here. I've got USC winning too. The spread is 12 and a half USC favorites there. Um, Brigade, 73% have USC taking it here. Listen, I, I just think offensively they're too much. Defensively, I feel like USC is a work in progress. They, they looked fine against Stanford, but Stanford still was able to move the ball very easily, in my opinion. Um, and Fresno State is not a bad team. 
I, I'll let you know that right now. Uh, I just don't think that they can stop the offensive onslaught. It's just there's too many weapons on the South Carolina – or not South Carolina, SoCal team. <laughs> Listen, the real USC right there, the South, uh, Southern California Trojans, right? The real USC. Don't get it twisted. Uh, there's just too much. There's just too many weapons there. Uh, Caleb Williams is too good a quarterback uh, to not sit there and, and lead them to victory, especially at home. So I've got I've got USC rolling big as well. I, I think honestly, I think the cover the twelve and a half spread gets covered probably by at least fourteen. Let's just be honest there. Um, I think this is interesting here. Uh, game three, BYU traveling to Oregon. Right, be what top twenty-five matchup, Kobe. Who do you got? You know, um, BYU burned me last week. Pick Baylor. BYU pulls it out in double overtime to to beat the Bears. Um, you know, we we've talked about first-year head coaches and their struggles, and how Dan Lanning, you know, got embarrassed week one against his former team in Atlanta. You know, games at Oregon. Um, not sure the time. I think it might be 3.30, maybe, um, or a night game. But I just think Oregon, the Ducks, they show up. You know, Bo Nix, you know, he's still he's still Bo Nix, but I think Oregon gets uh, Dan Lanning his first statement win, upsets BYU. I think that's a good that's a good take right there. I think that statement win can go a long way towards Dan Lanning and his, uh, and his coaching tenure. Um First off, well, let's just move on here. Juan, what do you got? Well, a, a lot of people don't realize how good BYU is. Uh, Baylor is a top-tier team. And for Baylor to drop a, you know, drop this game to BYU uh, means that BYU means business, right? So I, I see BYU going into Oregon. Oregon is, is still not going to get it together. And despite how I feel about Joel and this whole situation, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick BYU. Oh, so Rude's here. Uh, asks, does do Mormons eat duck? Asking for a friend. Uh, Joel, <laughs> Joel says yes, they do. Right? Yes, they do. Um, there's your make one laugh again moment of the day. And with that being said, listen, here, hearing this, right? The brigade has this very interesting. Eighty-five percent have Oregon taking this uh, at home. I think Oregon wins this. I think this. I think Oregon needs this a lot more than BYU needs this. Dan Lanning needs this a lot more than anyone needs it. Uh, Oregon four-point favorites at home. I think they cover it by a touchdown. Um, and listen, I understand. You know, we've saw Bo Nix and everything like that. But listen, BYU is a great program. That Baylor win. Listen, that is a big moment. I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, I just think somehow they find a way to win. Uh, they just do. So I, I, I have Oregon. I have Oregon covering the spread, uh, close to covering this, like like seven points uh, covering. Uh, next game, Florida State and Louisville, uh, battle of two ACC teams here. Florida State. as we have some technical difficulties there. All right, there we uh, go. Yeah. Uh, as I was saying, though, Florida State, 
Louisville, battle of two ACC programs. Florida State is looking really good so far. Uh, week one, Louisville had a rough outing against Syracuse, got blew out. Uh, and then they got back on the right track beating UCF. Uh, Toby, what, what do you, who do you got? This is this is, was one of the ones that probably to me is the toughest uh, pick of the week. Um, you know, Louisville's so up and down. They look so bad week one. And then they go down to UCF. They beat Gus Malzahn at home for the first time since he's taken over as head coach at UCF. I mean, you know, John Rice Plumley, that whole team now at UCF is is just a solid team with a good offensive mind behind it. Um and then I just really don't know how to feel about Florida State either. You know, they beat an LSU team, yes. But if you watch that game, all they had to do is take a knee, kick a field goal, and you, you don't even sweat it. But the coaching decision late in the game to run a pitch on the two, fumble it, and what is going to always be overlooked is then in a minute and 20 seconds – they let LSU methodically march the ball all the way down the field and score a touchdown. It it pains me to say that I think Florida State gets it done at Louisville, but I, I it could be a toss-up. I mean, the Louisville, it depends what Louisville team shows up. Juan, what say you, sir? I think it's Florida State. Florida State right now, they are uh... – you know they're 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 turning around. Norvell, um, you know, ha- has them playing at a at a high level. They had their opportunity on national TV to play a tough LSU team that everybody thought was going to be great, and I just think that they're just going to go ahead and just uh, pick it up and, and and continue their winning ways. Eighty eight percent of the brigade have. The- oh, I picked I picked Louisville. My bad. Okay, well then I, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go Louisville. <laughs> if this doesn't um, show you the toss up, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So again, I, I'm gonna go ahead and, and and change that, and I'm gonna go with Louisville. Um, and you know what, though, to beat Gus Malzahn and UCF, uh, that 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 says a lot. Even though that they just kind of, you know, had a had a bad first week, you know, I, I'm gonna go with uh, go with my gut here with Louisville. I'm 15 and five, and so I'm I'm not ashamed of it. So we've got a bold statement here. Backtrack slightly. Like, listen, it's a it's a negative 1.5 favorite, right? Florida State is a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisville. What that tells you and, and what it just shows here, anybody can win that game. Anybody. And, and, and as we just saw, one, I'm going to use you as your guinea pig here. It can happen, right? You could you can literally think one minute Florida State will win it, next thing you know Louisville's got it. I'm just letting you know. So I'm no, – no hard feelings there, Juan. It happens. Um – I will say this. I've got Florida State winning this. I think it's a sloppy game, bad coaching decisions, but I think Florida State pulls it out. Listen, they have their experience in bad coaching moments. I'm just going to leave it there. Um, next next game, NC State and Texas Tech. It, Texas Tech travels to NC State. One, who do you have? Or Actually, we'll do Kobe first. We'll do Kobe first still. Keep it uniform here. Kobe, who you got? So I'm pretty sure I read Texas Tech's leading the country in passing offense per game right the second. So definitely makes them a tough opponent to bring into the into NC State. Um, you know, it's an NC State team that a lot of people were high on in the preseason. You know, one of the favorites to win the ACC, one of the favorites to maybe be a dark horse for a playoff. 
appearance. And and through two weeks, we have just not seen that from them. I mean, we saw that they should have lost to ECU. We've seen, you know, just not not two great games. I think they kind of get it figured out this week. I think their veteran quarterback kind of brings them together. I think NC State beats Texas Tech. Why? Well, I'm going to go NC State. Um, and, and a lot of it is heart. So, you know, my very first year at eight-year-old football, I was on the NC State Wolfpack. So that that's where that's where I'm going to go. And that's the reason they're going to win. That's the only inspiration that they need. Uh, apparently, Ruth says that beard drips wisdom. Um, it's not wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying NC State in this game. Nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Listen, Texas Tech ain't a bad team. I just think that NC State is also a different level of competition than Texas Tech. Listen, being up here, 76% of the brigade also believes that NC State will win. I just think they – I think they cover – I think they cover by winning by 10. Just simple as that. Uh, moving on, Oklahoma traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska. Scott Frost gets canned. So you have Mickey Joseph as an interim head coach. Um, let's just say this. It's going to be interesting who you got, Kobe. We're going to be short, sweet, to the point on this one. Oklahoma, big. Juan? Oklahoma, huge. I mean, it's going to be an absolute just, just blowout, just complete blowout. 100% of the Brigadiers say Oklahoma, uh, It listen, 13.5-point favorites. Yeah, take Slam the over on that spread. I'm just saying. It's going to get ugly. I don't, I don't – I, there's no question about it. Let's just do this. Moving on. Mississippi State, LSU. Guy, Kobe, who you got? I actually think that I've told you this all week on who I have, and I actually think the more I've thought about it even today, I'm – we're going to flip-flop on you. Um, I think originally I told you I wanted LSU, picking LSU. You know, I, I think I think Mississippi State surprising a lot of people, including us, and where we had them on their um, on on their preseason predictions in the West. I think Mississippi State wins this game. I think they just throw the ball too much um, for LSU. I think LSU struggled uh, against Florida State defending a pass. I think Mississippi State gets it done. A little switch up, a little last one. Yeah, Juan, what say you, sir? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mississippi State. Um, give me the Pirates. Uh, you know, I, I love um, the coach there, Brian Kelly, and LSU. They're in a mess right now. They're blaming coaches and blaming players. And you know what? You got all that type of dissension in your in your program, and uh, it's it just is, is a formula for disaster. So give me Mississippi State in this one. I have Mississippi State as well. Two and a half point favorites over LSU. 60% of the brigade has Mississippi State as well. I think they cover by at least a field goal, probably seven points. Um, next game, this will be interesting, folks. Penn State travels to Auburn and Jordan Hare. Boom. Kobe, what say you, sir? I was, you know, we've talked about this before. I was at the whiteout last year. Auburn comes into town, you know, big game, electric atmosphere. And and Penn State is going to get a taste of their own medicine. They're going to come down to an SEC, you know, school. They're, it's going to be bumping, going to be at night. They're calling for an orange out. You know, the whole thing's going to happen to Penn State. 
Um, you know, we talked about James Franklin struggling on the road. Uh, but I think Penn State finds a way to get it done. I, I watched Auburn play San Jose State and was, you know, struggling at halftime and even in the second half. I just think Auburn doesn't have a quarterback. I, I just think Penn State gets it done on the road. Juan, sir, what say you? Well, just like Kobe said, James Franklin's been struggling on the road. Penn State will get an opportunity to see what it's like to play at an SEC stadium at night. There's nothing like seeing that eagle fly around uh, that stadium. I mean, it's electric. It's probably one of the loudest and craziest places that I've ever played. And, you know, with that being said, with that crowd noise and that electricity, Penn State comes in and just blows out Auburn. I mean, Auburn's just going to get absolutely bombed. It's, it's going to be bad. You're hurting my feelings, Juan. <laughs> Psych. Uh, listen, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a stat here, guys. Since James Franklin took over at Penn State, he's been the epitome of what they call now mid on the road, 19 and 18. Jordan Hare is built on a voodoo graveyard. I don't care what anyone <laughs> tells me. The, brig the brigade has Penn State overwhelmingly at 70%. Give me Auburn in this game. It would not surprise me to see Auburn, Auburn, and have <laughs> Penn State succumb <laughs> to what is known as the voodoo graveyard known as Jordan-Hare. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you Listen, this game last year also was played close, if you don't remember. Um, our, you know, controversial targeting call at the goal line, things yep. like that. Listen, I'm just saying – Penn State on James Franklin on the road. He's even as he was a Vanderbilt head coach, never played at Jordan Hare. On the road, we know it's going to be hostile. This is probably the one game that they've been looking forward to the most. We know good and damn well they're not ready to see Georgia or Alabama for that matter. Um, listen, I think it's crazy here to say this, but I've got them in a huge upset uh, by a field goal. I think it's going to be a field goal that's going to win the game for them. Give me Auburn. La uh, ninth game, Miami traveling to College Station and that laughing stock of a program. Kobe, what say you, sir? It, it's it a week ago. This would have been a tough game to pick. I, I think it, you know, it's at College Station. It's hard to play there. It's one of the biggest stadiums in the country. But um, you know, and Miami has has looked iffy at times, if you will. I mean, they scored 27 unanswered to beat Southern Miss after struggling early. But, you know, I, I, if there's one thing I know about and one, you know, you'll know it too. There's one thing I know about a, a locker room, a team, and, and, and you see it happen when, like, we beat – Kentucky, and then they lose two more games the next two weeks, or when we beat Arkansas, and then they drop another game later. When you've built your team up so high on these aspirations of where we're going and how good we are, and all of a sudden to just like pull that out from underneath them with a loss to like an app state at home, you've just deflated the whole locker room this week. At practice, people are arguing, they're not agreeing, they're wondering. Who's calling plays? Are they calling the right plays? I have Miami beating Texas A&M at Texas A&M this week. Juan, 
What about you, sir? Apparently, you, there's um, a theme here. You like blowouts. We'll see what happens here. It, 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 it's not going to be a blowout. It'll be a lot closer. Texas A&M doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, they just they just don't. They don't have an established quarterback. They don't have an established leader. They got a lot of five stars, but they don't have a they don't have an established leader. Jimbo Fisher is not a leader. Now, Miami is an absolute trash program. I mean, they're just absolute trash. However, they are just a little bit classier trash than I would say what's going on at Texas A&M. Give me Miami over Texas A&M. Miami over Texas A&M. Juan, it happened again, sir. It happened again. If I'm not mistaken, you had picked A&M. However, I'll take Miami as well. Um, the reason is this. Miami has a somewhat modern offense, folks. Jimbo, Jimbo has never changed since 2014. That offense in that year has not changed, and we are seeing it unfold with a terrible quarterback situation in College Station. Miami is actually an underdog here. A&M is a six-point home favorite over Miami. Give me Miami outright. 54% of the brigade thinks Miami will win. Listen, I know Miami hasn't necessarily played anybody like that, but they also haven't lost to App State. And while App State is a good opponent, I just don't like the fact that A&M doesn't have their quarterback situated. I'm so, that's that's a terrible disaster waiting to happen. Well, I'll I'll stick with A&M. I'll stick with A&M. I mean, I, that that's just the right thing to do. I mean, I'm, I made a, a a poor choice, poor decision. I, I'll I'll stick with them. Okay, so we're sticking we're sticking with the Aggies. Moving on to the game of the week, Georgia traveling to Columbia to take on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Uh, you know, I think I think we're rolling there. Obviously, um, we're the better team. It, it's like we talked about with Oregon. You line us up at every position, every player, we're better. It, it's going to be a blowout. You don't you you take care of the ball. Don't make any stupid mistakes. Dumb penalties early. You know you're going to go up a couple scores. It wouldn't surprise me that to have the whole the whole slew of backups in by the fourth quarter in Columbia this week. Interesting. So Kobe threw out a thirty-eight to seven. Score prediction before we is that what is that what you're confirming? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure here, folks. Juan, what say you, sir? <clears throat> well, first off, I gotta I give a shout out to uh, to my man Patrick. He said I can invoke the goat clause and change picks as much as I want right before kickoff. <laughs> my man, my man. I appreciate that. That's that's good looking out. That's good looking out. Um. Obviously, I've got Georgia. I mean, absolutely hammering uh, uh, South Carolina. You know, maybe South Carolina gets a field goal. Um, I don't remember what my score prediction was, 45 to 10. You know, it, it, they may get a late touchdown. South Carolina, they do have some pretty good wide receivers that may slip up. You know, they may get, you know, slip up and get a touchdown here or there. But, I, I mean, I absolutely have them getting absolutely hammered. Um, you know, go dogs. Well, that leaves myself here. 93% of the brigade have Georgia winning this. Easy, 48-6, and that six is not a touchdown. That is two field goals, folks, two field goals. 
Georgia will, Georgia will keep them out of the end zone. Juan is laughing as we speak. My man landed. He said, he said dogs by 90. That's what I'm talking about. Dogs by 90. Listen, this he even won. He he took two, he two upped the 633 DB. Good lord. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Georgia rolls, folks. Rolls. The offensive line deficiency against South Carolina will bite them in the ass way too many times. Georgia will also run the ball. Bold prediction. Kendall Milton, two rushing touchdowns. He'll have it, and he'll rush for over 100 yards. Um, listen, if the, the spread on this is 24-and-a-half. It opened up. Uh, Bet U.S. has it a 24-and-a-half point favorite here. Um, easy. I, I think you could slam the spread if you want to. Uh, not enough for the DGD lock. I think there's other games for that um, that you, you could hit on that, right? I think Oklahoma-Nebraska would probably be my lock. There, there's no question about that. Um, but I, I got Georgia covering this, and I don't even think it's even close. I think Georgia will methodically run the ball down or run the offense and, and score early, often, and get that get that crowd out of it immediately. Get it out, and I think you see Georgia cover the spread. Now, with that being said, those are our games of or picks for the week. Kobe, Juan, I'm just leaving. I'm leaving it here. Any final takeaways before we see our dogs walk out in Columbia Saturday? Nope. Um, go dogs. This would be a big win. Yep. You're either elite or you're not. You're either elite or you're not. And you uh, don't even have to be that this week to beat South Carolina. You just got to be there. It's bow time, folks. Uh, there's a game called PUBG. If you win the game – it literally says winner, winner, chicken dinner. Georgia will see the winning PUBG graphic. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's going to be the hashtag all the way up until uh, all the way up until Saturday. Uh, you'll see that on anything I post socially. Watch. Uh, with that being said, dogs rolling big. Let's tune in Saturday, ESPN at noon, Columbia. Uh, if you're going there, listen. If you're going there, hope you have a great time. Uh, make sure to. Stop by Bojangles. Listen, this this is just me being a Bojangles fan. There's a Bojangles right there at the stadium. I suggest you go take a look at it. Uh, listen, I love some Bojangles. Whew. But with that being said, Juan, Kobe, thank, as always, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Guys, have a great week. We'll catch you back here Monday for the South Carolina Review. Have a great day and go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.